Hello all you gore fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing really good, how you doing? Really excited for this double feature, part two. Yeah, part two of our Friday the 13th double feature. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. Yes, and uh, it's been, and it's actually kind of sad because I did the math. It's been 13 years since this movie, so it's been 13 years since an official Friday the 13th movie, so sad. I was thinking <laughs> this would be kind of perfect for them to release the 13th Friday the 13th movie on the 13th year since the last one. Oh, no. Oh, that would have been so perfect. But they got to haggle over nickels and dimes and who owns the hockey mask and who owns the exactly. first one. And yeah, this fucking series. But I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just not a lot of people behind the scenes right now. Yeah. So this is the 2009 remake kind well yeah it is a remake but like not of the first one exactly it's so platinum dunes was michael bay's company and if you remember the 2000s were just a dark (laughs) time for horror and there wasn't a lot of great original stuff now as soon as i say that everyone's gonna hit me with a thousand i know there were there's a lot of movies i love in that time too but overall a lot of the theater releases were remakes in the 2000s yeah there was like the, the texas chainsaw remake which the director of that directed this which, if you're going to get a director from one of those remakes, I think they picked the best one they could have, because I love that Texas remake. And I enjoy this one alright, but it's also, it has that remake-itis thing. Yeah, especially those remakes, that Platinum Dunes, like, flavor. I mean, like, they were <laughs> churning out everything, like, Last House on the Left, Texas Chainsaw, this, uh, Hills Have Eyes, you know, they were everywhere. Anything they could get their grubby hands on, they did. They all have that specific flair to them of the people, like the actors in it are way too pretty for like usually what their role was supposed to be. It's like the prettiest guys and girls they can find. It's not like, look at the original Hills Have Eyes, where it's just people that they could find and it's regular looking people and it's gritty and that's what it's like really feels like this one it's like they stepped off a runway model like a runway to go to crystal lake now exactly and i mean it was the time whatever i'm not saying i hate it but i will say this, this is my last little gripe on platinum dunes i'll say i saw an interview with michael bay about and someone asked, why did you decide to remake the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And he said, well, have you watched it lately? It doesn't really hold up well. And I'm like, you oh. motherfucker. If that's his reason, then yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I'll say on Platinum Dunes for the rest of the episode. That is the fucking greatest horror movie that's ever been made, in my own opinion. Yeah, I'm like, you... Dumbass. Yeah, that's, don't that's say all that. I need to know. Yeah, so yeah, you're just like, oh, the so the people that were like would go to see your thing, you're like, oh, you know that thing you love? Yeah, it's pretty shitty, right? And it's like, no. Dude, and it didn't even stop with horror. Everything I love. Transformers, Michael Bade. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Michael Bade. I'm like, leave my childhood alone, dude. Stop it. There's no more. Say, with you like loving like the turtles and the uh uh robot go bot things, um, Transformers. 
I'm not even huge on Transformers, but I did like him. It's so, like everything, like and like Friday the Thirteenth yeah. and stuff. Everything he touched, I'm like just stop it, dude. No more. But this one honestly isn't too bad. It's one that I don't revisit often. Usually, I only do it like once a year. I'll do a complete watch through, usually during the summer, of all of them in order. That's like the one time I'll watch this one. I I don't actually have much against this movie. I think it's really good to be honest. Like it's not comparable to like the, my favorites of the r- main franchise but it's still really good i think for the most part i don't know we'll get into it yeah i have mixed feelings i guess is a way to say it. yeah because even like if we're getting into it like this opening this 20 minute opening before the credits like i paused it after like the credits showed up and i was just like yeah it's been that long <laughs> yeah which we always use as our prime example of something done really well actually like where you have a crazy amount of action before the cre- the title card even rolls. Which, I, it's burned into my memory forever, is when I saw this in theaters with my friend in high school, and it was like a pretty packed house, and that whole openings part happened, where like, everyone dies, and then the credits happen, and he's like, uh, someone stood up and shouted, and that was just the fucking opening! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw this in theaters, too, I remember. I think, yeah, I did see this in theaters. Me and my dad went and saw it. And it's one of those ones where my parents took me and a friend to go see it. Because at the time, of course, like, we weren't 18, so we couldn't get in ourselves. And it's like, me and my friend are going to sit over there away from mom and dad. And they sat, like, in the back. Oh, uh, It was just me and my dad when we went and saw it. It was an awkward movie to watch with parents, especially at that age, but... Whatever, especially yeah. in the opening part. And well, this entire movie, like, people talk about how part five feels sleazy. I think this one's sleazier than part five. Oh, this movie is dripping with sleaze. Like, it's just. These people can't wait to pull their dicks and tits out, like, this whole movie. Yeah, and it's just. And to comment on the dicks and tits that are in front of them in too great detail. In the way no people talk, uh, my example is the... Well, we'll get there in a minute. So let's, let's jump into this yeah. thing. So it's Friday the 13th from 2009, rated R, directed by Marcus Nispel. Am I saying that correctly? That sounds right. And I'm not even going over writers because there's like 50 of them. Yeah, two of them uh, wrote Freddy vs. Jason, and they were actually fans of the series. But it's that director that shall not be named that kind of ruined it. Ah, uh, fair. But, yeah, that's where we're at, and it starts out with the end of our previous episode. So we get the flashback to Alice versus Pamela at the beginning. We see the decapitation and everything. However, this time, we're treated to a little extra bonus scene of little boy Jason finding the body and the severed head, and he grabs a little locket that was made for this. I've never seen the locket in anything else. Have you? No, it did that. They didn't use anything like that in any of the other ones. I do enjoy that they put that little thing in there of Jason walks up and finds dead mom, and it's kill for mother, and Jason's actually like a live person in this one. That's one of the things in the original bunch of movies, like the one through J- Freddy versus Jason, that there's so many different stories. Sometimes you hear like, oh yeah, he saw his mom get beheaded, other ones, it's like, no, that's just a myth. Sometimes it doesn't yeah. make sense with the timeline for that to happen. So I enjoy this one. They just set it up. They're like, this is what happened. It makes it very clear. But also, you couldn't do this in the original timeline because 
the next one takes place like a year later and he's a little kid. Yeah. Um, I do love that. I think this one, they said that I've read a lot takes place. Basically it's like one through four encapsulated into like one movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially, yeah, there's a lot of things that will hit that happen specifically in other movies. Little nods and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, we have like our kind of part three thing with the hockey mask, things like that. Oh yeah, we'll get there for that. I love the roof. <laughs> I love how he finds the hockey mask in this one. We got the Crystal Lake present day, and there's a bunch of campers backpacking through the woods. And this whole thing is a whole group of friends going out camping, but secretly two guys are going out to find weed that they planted. This dates this movie so much because like, we're going to get rich. I'm like, dude, like we live in 2022 now. If you can just go to the dispensary now. And even like people who don't have like cards, just get people who have cards or who the drug dealers are. No one's growing crops to secretly sell on the side for the most part anymore. No. And they're talking like, if we're going to retire, we're going to go buy Like I, they're talking like they're going to go buy like a yacht. And it's like, you said, I have like talked to people that have a card and they'll be like, oh yeah, I went to the dispensary and I got like an entire quarter for like $30 because it's on sale. Yeah, it's it's just funny watching this through yeah. with that. It's also, but... did they plant this? Or I thought that the thing was that they had a body that knew where this was. Oh, it's not exactly clear to me. But anyway, no one should be dealing with weed this close to Crystal Lake. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I even love later when it's the reveal of Jason and it's almost like, oh man, I didn't mean to touch your weed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, That night, they're sitting by the fire and we get the Jason story. This is a classic. You need it, as far as I'm concerned. At least every three Friday movies need the campfire story. Which I, I've, I'm a a huge sucker for. I think my favorite is from part two. Part two is the best one. Yeah. That's the one that we used in our little intro thing, I think, at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, that is like the creme de la creme of the retelling of the story. Like, I enjoy what they did in part seven at the very beginning, where they use clips from all the movies, but I just love the campfire aspect of it, of just like, it's almost like the beginning of the fog, where he's telling the, uh, story of the ship crashing and stuff and it just makes it eerier that it's it's like you're a little kid listening to a story you know yeah like you know campfire ghost stories it's nice yeah yeah this couple who the one girl's name i remember because she becomes a main character whitney and her boyfriend leave to go make out in the woods and we know whitney's a good person because she's worried about leaving her mom and her boyfriend's like your mom told me that you should come and get out of the house for a little bit which just judging from dialogue later in the movie, I buy. I love the come have sex with your boyfriend in a cramped tent in the woods. Like, I love his, like, <laughs> delivery of it. But they go out and they're exploring the woods a little bit. And then we cut back to the campfire. So our two, like, guys <laughs> who are looking for the weed are this nerdy guy and his friend and his friend's girlfriend. And the nerdy guy is talking to his friend while the girl sitting behind him taking off her shirt and, like, oiling her boobs and showing them to the other guy like behind the nerdy guy and this is like where i'm like look i get it friday movies have always been like pretty lowbrow when it comes to sex and everything you know what i mean yeah but i'm like this is so over the top and kind of misses the charm of friday and like i'm not complaining but i'm like 
You guys don't get it, do you? Yeah, why did she bring baby oil on this camping trip? Just to have the joke of like, oh, look, my oily boobs. Like, now you're also covered in oil. So if we go to try to do something, you're going to be slipping around and stuff. I don't want to be covered in that because it takes forever to... I don't want... Get that away. That might be fun. That might be fun. But yeah, I get get what you mean. Not in the woods like this. You're going to get like pine needles stuck to you and there's going to be like ants... Oh, exactly. You're just gonna but, tree sap. I don't know. I love woodland the, things. I love the whole like my GPS didn't sync up. We're like half a mile away, even less. And I love the guy. I was like, no way. Like just doing that overly. Like, dude, just get the fuck out of here. Exactly. He finally gets the hint and he leaves to go check his GPS and following. Here's the thing. You know where I live. I have. I live. Pretty much in the woods. I mean, I'm on a road, but there's woods right behind my house. Yeah. So here's the thing at night, what you don't do. You don't walk through the woods with headphones on. No. Ever. Yeah, I would think During the day, horrible. if you want to have one ear in, whatever. But like at night, you don't just walk through woods you're unfamiliar with with headphones on under any circumstances. Yeah, let alone, like, let's say we're out of Friday the 13th territory. We're in the real world. There could be a bear. Oh yeah, that's what I was talking about. I'm not even talking about murderous lake boys. I'm just talking about animals and stuff. Like, there's like 50 rattlesnakes around you, like, shaking the fuck out of their tails. Like, this guy does not get the hint. Like, I don't even want to bite him. Look, it's like, too easy. Fuck him. <laughs> do we ever get a state setting for this one? I know typically it's New Jersey. Like, do, we, do they ever say it in this or no? I never, I know like later you see the cop car pull up, but it still just says Crystal Lake police i'm I'm gonna say it's still in jersey because that's where all the other ones are yeah i didn't know they changed it he fucked with it to the point of he took it out of jersey if fucking he took it out of jersey and put in the south because it looks like it's the south but they also did that with other ones where it was like in georgia and stuff yeah but he's out there he finds the weed he's all excited and then what's behind him a giant, huge uh, Derek Mears, who does a pretty awesome job as Jason. Oh, yeah, I have no complaints with Derek as Jason. I think he did a fantastic job, to be honest. I mean, look, obviously, let me get this out of the way, I always want yeah. Kane Hodder play Jason when he's able. But, no, I have no complaints about his Jason. Seeing, like, behind the uh, scenes stuff with him, he's a huge Friday the 13th fan. He grew up a huge fan and whatnot, so it's like, okay, he gets it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, Jason with the sack face, by the way, from part two. Yes. So, like, he doesn't have the hockey mask yet. Like we said, it kind of takes elements from all these first few movies here. Yeah, and I kind of enjoy that they did that, where they didn't be like, oh, what's uh, Jason known for? The hockey mask. Okay, just give him the hockey mask from the very beginning. They took at least a little time to put that kind of stuff in. Yeah, I think it was before I knew the term Easter eggs, but when I was watching the theater, I was very happy. I'm like, oh, look, there's... This is, like, from this. This is from this. So, yeah, it was always, it's a good time. Yeah, like, oh, look, Jason still has the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> but he kills him there. Um, you see his ear dangling from his earbud. Whitney and her boyfriend find Camp Crystal Lake, and they're searching around. Let's go in this murder cabin-looking thing. This cabin doesn't look like you'd want to walk in it to begin with, before you know anything. No, I remember finding, like, an old house in the middle of the woods with my friend in, like, elementary school. And there was, like, all these old cars parked out in front of it, too. And it was, like, we walked in it, like, a little bit. 
And then we heard like the tiniest bit of a noise and went running out of there being like, nope, nope. Even at like seven years old, I'm like, I'm not going into the murder cabin. I can't say that. Anytime we say this, like hitchhiking, exploring murder houses. (laughs) When I was a kid, yeah, we did. We went exploring old houses and all that creepy stuff. I remember trying to, like, we took baseball bats up there and we tried to break out the windows in these, like, extremely old cars that had, like, trees growing out of them. But we couldn't break out the windows and we had this huge discussion of, like, how do they do this in the movies? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where, oh, yeah, they're at the, the cabin. So they find the camp, they go in the cabin that Jason's living in. He doesn't have a Jason house, he just lives at the camp in this one. And they find Pamela's locket, and, okay, here we go. Hey, it looks like you, young Pamela and Whitney. Yeah. Look, I don't know, maybe it's one of those things where it actually is her in the picture, but it's not shown enough for me to tell. And just this excuse as to why Jason doesn't kill this girl is bullshit. Yeah, I kind of get, like, they're doing a nod to Jenny from part two, kind of. They're also doing that thing that movies love to do. Like, I think even Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, did it of, like, oh, you look just like this other person that's, like, been dead for... But that one was her in the picture. It was her without the Elvira makeup then. Yeah, but, like, this one, it is very, like, you get a quick shot of it, and it's like, yeah, it kind of looks like generic white lady. (laughs) Yeah, but... Hey, it looks like you. That's it for now. Um, the couple we talked about earlier are fucking in the tent, and they hear a noise. Guy goes out to investigate. Oh, and they're fucking. I mean, this movie has no. There's no like nice love making like the couple from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, like the number one couple in this entire franchise, where they're like they love each other and they're all into it. No, this just like. Pound, 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 pound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just all rough, like, insane sex in this movie. And like I said, it's the Platinum Dunes flavor. That's what they did. This this is, the sex they're having is how guys get their dicks broken, because it comes out, and then they try to throw it back <laughs> in, and it doesn't make it in. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, they hear a noise. He goes out to investigate, and he's searching around, and he finds his friend's body from earlier. He starts running back. And I think this was brutal and awesome. As he gets back, the girl was hanging over a fire, like tied up in a sleeping bag. One, Jason killing with sleeping bags is always classic. Yes. So that was cool. But that was brutal, especially when she comes out and everything. She's all like Mandy. And yeah. <laughs> he runs back, steps in a bear trap. He's stuck. And that's where it cuts from them back to the house. Um, they're like, what's in this hole in the bathtub? Well, real quick, I want to do on that, like, quick kill scene that we what just happened i love where yeah, like she backs up she's still in the tent they do like the slash and grab out of the tent just like jason goes to yeah. hell kind of and then i love the new creativity with a brand new sleeping bag kill because that's a lot of people's number one kill is the kane hotter sleeping bag kill from part seven banging up against the tree they could have easily yeah. just done that and everyone would go yay and clapped but this one is just so much more brutal. And I love also they have the point of view camera inside the sleeping bag of her screaming and all the smoke and stuff and her just going insane. Like it puts you way more into it. It's like, oh, I feel so bad for this person. Oh, definitely. I think it's a brilliant kill. Like I said, it was probably the one that sticks out in my head the most from this movie. I also love she falls out of the sleeping bag. Her face is completely charred and there's smoke coming out of her mouth. Between her perfect lips that are not burnt whatsoever and they look like they have lipstick. (laughs) 
No, I think they look all cracked and chapped up and everything still. I don't know. It was just like her face is like black and then her lips yeah. are just like, oh, make sure to do my makeup. <laughs> I think that's brutal though when she comes rolling out. We'll get there in a minute. Yeah. But the couple at the house, like, what's in this hole in the nasty oh. bathroom? And reach in. One, I'm like, that's a raccoon or a badger or something. I'm not reaching in there. But they do. And they pull out the rotting Pamela head and scream and drop it in the tub. And the door slams right behind them. I got to give this movie credit. This is the one Friday the 13th movie that I probably jumped the most at during. Yeah, there's a lot of those kind of like slam door jump scare or like all of a sudden like boom, Jason's there kind of things going on. Yeah, you get the door slam and like, oh fuck, he's right outside this cabin and he just picked up his dead mom's head. But I got I'm right there with you with this thing of at best case scenario, it's a dead animal. It could be a live animal yeah. that then bites you. Worst case scenario, you just found a human head. You see fur in a wall. I'm not grabbing that with my hand. I'm not touching that with a stick. I'm just like, why are we in here near like weird candle bathtub like altar? Yeah. And also a nice little detail, which this is kind of like what the Texas Chainsaw remake did too, of just making it feel disgusting. There's like a couple inches of just the dirtiest water in this bathtub that they just slosh around in. Oh, gross, like, septic-looking water. It's yeah. nasty. But then, after the door slams, like, we gotta go now, and they start running out, and then the machete's just popping up through the floor. Like, I mean, I've seen this done in a ton of movies, but it's always pretty effective. My mind goes back to child's play in the car. But yeah, the machete's hop popping up through the floor, and it gets the guy a couple times, and she's standing in the nasty tub with the dead head. I'm like, uh-uh, just get stabbed. Get stabbed, girl, but... Um, it finally gets him a couple times. He's pulled up like into the tub after a while. Then Jason pops through the floor and pulls the guy down and kills him. Whitney runs like back to the camp. She doesn't know anything else has gone on. And she sees the guy in the bear trap, helps him. And, but she's like helping him and he freezes and looks up. And this is a cool fucking reveal oh, too, if you ask me. Yeah. I love this where like, this little like scene right here just had me cheering in the theater. And I remember being that age and being like, yes, I love all of this. Give it to me. Oh, it's so cool. He's just standing there and he's doing my favorite Jason thing. The shoulder breathe thing. Yes. Very, and very good. Taking a page out of Kane Hodder's book is never a bad thing to do. No. And then also the reveal. Oh shit. He runs now. Yeah, this is human Jason, which people go, oh, Jason didn't run. Rewatch those goddamn movies. He runs in part two and three. Yeah, he skips through a rainy, on a rainy sidewalk in two. He, he can run. He gets kicked in the balls in part two, and it affects him. He's human. <laughs> yeah. Jason! <laughs> Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, runs up and machetes the dude, and then title card, Friday the 13th. Well, no, then uh, Whitney is, like, scooting backwards, like, on the ground, oh, of yeah. course, because her legs don't work. Jason's right there. You have to fall down. After just seeing a girl roll out of a burning sleeping bag and seeing a guy in a bear trap get machete to the head, my body would probably be, like, <laughs> shut down mode. But she's, like, scurrying away, and that's when Jason does, like, he goes running towards her, and it does, like, the machete, like, half swipe. And then it cuts title card. It's just a fucking beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Man, 
perfect opening. But if the movie had kept up with that, if it was like that 20 minute thing, I would have been like, bravo, 10, 10 out of 10. Don't care. It was only 20 minutes long. Perfect. Now we get our actual main group of people. Yeah, here comes the entire cast of every show on the CW. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. We got Mr. <laughs> Supernatural Man. Um, <laughs> we have Killer Frost from The Flash. Yeah. Have, for real, I'm pretty sure it's like all CW actors who didn't start working at the CW yet is our main crew here. But we get a six, week, six weeks later card, and we got our new group of insufferable assholes at the gas station. Which, um, there's... Two of the... I actually kind of enjoy two of them. I like Chewie and Lawrence. Okay, yeah, they're kind of like the the bumbling fools of the group. Chewie more than Lawrence, but I love those two together. I think they're very funny. The other ones are just like... Jenna is just stale, and it's just like... Girlfriend, person, and that's what she plays, basically. Trent is... She's the, made to be the final girl, like, archetype, for yeah. sure. Which is really funny that when we find our original final girl, the script's like, we don't need you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, there's too many people alive at the end of this movie. Hmm. Wonder what's going to (laughs) happen. For real, it's like they wrote two, like, perfect final girl characters. Like, there can be only one. And honestly, we spent a lot more time with Jenna. So I'm like, aw. (laughs) but Trent I have to Trent is probably my least favorite character out of any of these movies he's the biggest asshole he's the biggest dick he's like Mr. Richie Rich who just has I'm guessing these clinger on friends that hang out with him just because he's rich and they like mooch off of him yeah I don't see any other reason to hang out with this asshole Dude, him and the fuck Christmas guy oh yeah (laughs) the most annoying humans in this movie I think, I think so. I just called him yeah. fuck Christmas guy in my notes the whole time. Which, I do not like Christmas myself. I'm not running around with a fuck Christmas shirt on, which I'm I'm guessing it's summertime. Yeah, why are you making this stand now? You're the only one <laughs> thinking about Christmas at this moment. If anything, you're way more into it than anyone else right now. They're all at the gas station, and we are also introduced to Clay, who is the brother of Whitney. He's hanging up missing person signs, and we have, like, a confrontation here, because he's talking to the clerk, and Trent's like, hey, buddy, are you buying anything? Some of the stuff, you know, all that generic stuff. Real quick, this is going to be one of those episodes where it goes forever. I talk about every character, isn't it? But anyway, (laughs) the guy behind the the clerk at the store where he's talking to is like, oh, I would, but the owners are real. Dude. I thought this was, like, chubby, old uh, Jeffrey Combs for a second. (laughs) I I love his delivery of, like, the owners are real... And it's just... And he, like, makes a fart, like, motion. Yeah. And then, like you said, like, Trent is being a complete asshole to Clay for, like, no reason. Trent's at... uh, Clay's at the counter for, like, 30 seconds asking if he can hang up a flyer. I think you can wait a minute. Yeah, but that's what we're dealing with in this movie. After that, Clay is on his motorcycle. He's pulled over by the cop. And this is all just so we get our dialogue about what's going on. I know you think we're not trying to find your sister, son. I promise you we're doing everything you can. People go missing all the time. It's been six weeks that I have to take matters into my own hands. She didn't come to her own mother's funeral who she took care of. This is just to get all of our exposition in that she's still missing. They were estranged. 
She took care of her mom, didn't come to the funeral. Cops haven't been able to find her. That's what this is. Yeah, you better go look somewhere else. That's what all the other families are doing. So it's like, oh, Clay's the only one looking in this area. Yeah. Okay, so the annoying crew shows up at Trent's Lake House. So Crystal Lake in this movie, Brett. I have some questions. Okay. I'm assuming it's way bigger than Crystal Lake in other movies. Yeah, because it definitely, they, because there's later when, um, fuck, Wade is gonna, like, takes Trent's boat out, and if they're right there on the lake and it's that, like, if it's the normal size that Crystal Lake is usually shown as, it'd be like, I can see you on my fucking boat. So I'm guessing yeah, this is... Be, we're gonna go check out the other side of the lake and stuff like that. So I'm guessing it's pretty big. And so, like, the camp's not nowhere near here. It looks more like, you know, like, Raystown Lake... And if, yeah. listener, if you don't know what Raystown Lake, Google Raystown Lake, PA. It's like a longer kind of lake. It's like... Or we could just tell them it's a big lake. It's narrow and long kind of thing. I'm guessing it's more yeah. like that, where, like, it can... A lot of stuff can happen at one end that you're not going to see. Yeah, so that's how I think this has to be. And there's... It's like uh, the wrong side of the tracks. There's this nice settled in area. And then there's the murder side of the lake. Yeah. Where there's, there's old people that are like, you outsiders don't know where to walk. They don't know to leave them alone. Yeah. That's actually my next note. So perfect. And we, we get the, we just want to be left alone. And so does he when Clay is trying to ask people, have you seen my sister? Like, she's not missing, she's dead. Anyone around here is dead. I love that the dog reacts to, like, when she's like, and he just wants to be left alone. And Clay's like, who's he? And the dog, like, whimpers. Like, even the dog knows not to, like, ask questions. Uh, next we get what I call the hillbilly form, which we stopped back to a couple times in the movie. Clay stops there to hand out flyers. The guy tries to sell him weed. I just found a bunch of this weed. Where do you think that's from? So, that's all. Yeah. Oh, shit, boy, I was about to have, open up a can of whoop-ass on you. No, old farmer Carter out there, he pushing buck shots in your ass. Anyway, you want to buy weed off me? <laughs> well, if you wanna, no, I'll bananas. take you upstairs and show you my fuck dummy. Her name's Gina. <laughs> you want to sit here and look at porn? We lick magazines and they taste real good. Oh, He's fucking disturbing as all hell. He's gross. He's just super generic, like, hillbilly man, where, like, both eyes are going the separate ways. He's, like, dirty from head to toe. Dude, but the hillbilly man is nothing new to Friday the 13th. Again, just, like, the sexy stuff is nothing new to Friday the 13th. But they they don't know where that proper line for this stuff in this franchise is. Like, oh, hillbilly man? Turn him up to 11. Set yourself, turn it up to 11. Assholes make him the worst humans on earth. Like, and it just, I don't know. It, it almost feels so much more fake than anything else. And I saw him fight a <laughs> telekinetic girl, and this feels more fake. Yeah. I got, uh, you want to buy some weed, man? Fuck your shit up, man. <laughs> yeah. The next stop for Clay on his search for her sister is the lake house. And he shows up, and Jenna invites him in. Hey, sorry about earlier. And Trent prop promptly kicks him out, but Jenna goes with him and joins him on a search, which, I mean, is probably the right thing to do. This dude's looking for a sister, and your boyfriend's been a dick to him the whole time. Well, number one, yeah, I agree that Clay is definitely the nicer of them, and I wish that Jenna would have ended up with Clay at the end. But it's so weird. It's like, oh, hi, random man that I've never met before other than ten minutes ago when 
or my boyfriend and you were kind of getting in a fight together at a convenience store, come inside of our house. No, the, the he'll be fine, even though he just almost kicked your ass. Oh, no, there he is. Oh, you better leave. I'll go with you, though. Man, I don't know. No wonder people die all <laughs> over this lake. It's like, you want to come deer down by the lake with me? There's an old abandoned camp. It's like, sure! There's something in the water. There's something in the water, and it's not Jason. That makes everyone just stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like a weird microbe or something. Where? Guess where we cut to next, Brett? Back to our hillbilly man. He's smoking <laughs> a joint and licking a Hustler magazine. Like, oh, baby, what? Yeah, like... Yo, you like that, don't you, baby? And, like, he's smoking a joint, and he's weighing, like, more... There's more weed in this movie, also, than any of the other ones. Even with Part 3 and the two mega stoners that, like, smoke out the van to the point they think it's on fire. Like, this movie has way... Like you said, it's, once again, they turned it up to 11. Of, oh, there's weed sometimes in these movies. Let's just throw pounds of it at it. Pot, grass, the weed! (laughs) And also, and just a little nitpicky thing, he's smoking the joint, and then he hears a noise, and he doesn't put it out, he just lays it there to let it burn out and just waste it, I guess. It'll go out. But, yeah, he does that, he hears a noise, he goes upstairs, because this is his personal magazine licking time. Who's rooting around in there? Someone's, oh, there's a cool bit of dialogue that someone's been stealing kerosene. Because this is human Jason. He's survivalist. He's stealing kerosene from these people. Because we see he obviously has a generator because he has lights hooked up and stuff. Uh, I just thought of like a great headcanon where this hillbilly finally like does meet a lady and finally hooks up with her. And he like goes down on her. He's like, this doesn't taste like paper. <laughs> but he hears the noise. He goes upstairs and... Who are introduced to his mannequin. Who, remember that time we spent the night together, Gina? She was tight as ever. I'll fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> it gets really weird and creepy with it for a second. Where I'm like, I feel bad for the mannequin. <laughs> it's not even enjoyable to watch at that time. It's I'm just like pervy and creepy. Yeah, it's so. Uh. But anyway, he backs up into Jason and turns around and unmasks him, like, kind of pulls a sack off, sees his face, and goes, Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) That shit's fucked up, man. (laughs) Dude, what if it was just a guy? Like, how mean is that? It's like, I need help. My cabin's burning down. Please don't notice (laughs) my face. (laughs) How is that the response you give? It's like, and they live when Ronnie Piper's telling the lady how ugly she looks. Yeah. But Jason obviously kills him. This is no match for him. And then he sees his sack is ruined. Like, he looks at it as like, oh no, I don't know how to tie this, I guess? Yeah, it's weird. Like, I see it as, like, he picks his, like, sack mask back up, which I'm guessing is gonna be okay. Like, just tie it back on, like you probably have done a million times. You know you take this off every once in a while. But he, for some reason, there's no reason for him to reveal the hockey mask. It's under a sheet. And he reveals the sheet, and it's just so it looks cool in movie, you know. And it's our only Kiki Ki Ma 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 of the movie, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like when we see the mask is the first only time I think we hear it the whole movie. Yeah, and this movie definitely, and also here, uh, is it Harry Manfredini that did the other scores? Am I right there? I believe so. I think so. He yeah. didn't do this one, so it definitely feels off. 
Yeah, definitely. But he sees the mask, he tries it on. There's our special boy. Yes, and it's actually a really... It is a cool mask reveal, and it looks cool. I used to have that poster of just the mask, like, in the shadow kind of thing, which is cool. Oh, yeah, that is a cool one. And I do like this mask of, like, how beat up it looks and whatnot. It looks cool weathered. It looks like sun-stained, like when you leave something in, like, a storefront window too long, which is perfect for it. I like it. Also, Jason just immediately drops his sack mask. Like, what if you don't like the hockey mask? What if you want to go back to the sack mask? Oh, he knows right away. Like, oh, this is it. This is going to get me, like, 20 sequels. Oh, this is going to get me a bunch of hockey player jokes here in a little bit. <laughs> in 30 years, people constantly reference a guy in a hockey mask and a chainsaw, even though that never happened. Yes. <laughs> We're jumping back and forth here, but we'll just say Clay and Jenna are walking through the woods and they find the GPS. That's all. Yeah, that's where Clay's like, oh, let's just go walk randomly through the woods to see if we stumble upon anything, I guess. It's another weird thing of like, yeah, Jenna, come on. No, just deeper into the woods, a little deeper. How's, how's your cell phone looking? You still got signal? Yeah, you do. Okay, just a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually on Clay's side because the cops obviously didn't do a good job. Yeah. If he just aimlessly wondered and found it, they didn't do shit. Yeah, they definitely did. They were all, oh, it must have just been Jason again. Like, oh, just leave him he alone. He just wants to be left alone. It's like, no, <laughs> he is a live man in this movie. Go arrest him. Yeah, for real. But anyway, the Wade and I believe her name isn't Jenna, the other girl. Bree? Oh, that makes sense. Okay, Wade and Bree are on the boat that they were told not to drive by Trent. <laughs> oh, but of yeah. course they do. And then we get topless waterboarding scene. Well, I love where they're driving, where like Trent's thing to prove that he trusts his friends. Because of course Trent, as soon as everyone gets inside the house, they like sit down on the furniture and put their feet up on the footstool. And he's like, how dare you touch my furniture? Fuck all of you. You're trying to ruin my parents' house. And Jenna's like, why did you invite them if you're not going to let them have fun? You just want them to look at all your cool stuff. So him showing like, oh, look, I'll take the gas cans down to my boat for me. And here's my car. But don't drive my boat. They're a bunch of heathens, aren't they? God and, forbid. They they sit on the chair. I Then I love where then it cuts to uh, Wade and Bree are like, oh, what what you say about me when saying he told me not to like get on his boat? Let's go get on his boat. And she's like, yeah, you're wild. I'm going to do something wild too. Tee hee. And her big wild thing is I'm going to like, what's it called? Like, uh, jet, fuck, what's it called? Water ski? I, I meant waterboarding because it's like snowboard but i know what waterboarding is like a torture method but like <laughs> water skiing but like snowboard style yeah with and, riding i don't know but topless but you're in the middle yes. of the woods it's not like oh look it's a public lake and oh you're so wild and crazy it's like no one else is around also yeah, wade whatever. can't really look at you because he's driving the boat so he can't keep turning around to see <laughs> I know what this is for, and it's really weird what this is for, and we'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, I know. And it's really bizarre. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, she wipes out like you do when you're doing stuff like this, and 
Wade turns the boat around to go get her, but then is killed with an arrow, which one I think is a really cool way for Jason to kill people because he's not typically a marksman. Yeah, I love, and it fits with like the summer camp aesthetic of like, oh, you know, it's archery and stuff like this. So it makes sense, and it's just a really cool kill. Oh, I like it. It goes through his head, and his head just clunks right onto the steering wheel. Yeah, it's really good. And then the boat is just full speed ahead at her and hits her in the head. She's all like groggy for a second, like, what the hell? And she looks and sees Jason standing in the woods and rightfully freaks out. Yeah, and then it gets to the scene that you were talking about that all this was the setup for. Yeah, so she swims under the water, I guess, to get away from Jason. She goes under a dock and she's trying to hide there, you know, very quiet, hand over the mouth, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. <laughs> now this one I get, because you just swam underwater a bunch, you probably have to breathe really deeply. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's probably hard to hold your breath there. But Jason's walking on the dock that she's hiding underneath, takes a few steps, takes a few steps back, and then she's, okay, coast is clear, nope, stabs a machete down through the dock into her head. <laughs> Her eyes go all wonky. It's kind of cool, that part. And then pulls her up, and her head smacks off the dong. The dong. (laughs) (laughs) Her head smacks off the dock, and her boobs bounce. And look, I'm not being pervy when I say this. That's almost the focal shot of the scene. And that's the whole reason for the topless, like, whatever that is called, is for that. And it's really weird, because if you want to focus on that, maybe... The living version is more the appropriate time to focus on it. I don't know. Yeah, there's happy boobs and there's sad boobs. Happy boobs are alive boobs. Sad boobs are dead boobs. They're sad boobs. I don't want to see sad boobs. <laughs> and it's it's so deliberate. Like, I'm like, uh, platinum dooms. But during that scene, there is a really awesome shot where, like, she's looking up through the planks, and you can see Jason just, like, in plain daylight, which you do not see very often, and it is really cool. Oh, for sure. I really like that a lot. So, Clay and uh, go into Jason's cabin, and they're creeped out, and they leave right away, and they see Jason bringing a body back, which is really cool seeing him, like, this is why they're not finding bodies all over the place. This human version of Jason is bringing them back and stashing them. They run and hide, and the bell system is shown for the first time, by the way, and which is really cool. That's how he's finding people at the lake and everything. He has, like, little trip wires rigged up and that go under the ground. Yeah, and this is where we see Whitney is still alive. Yes, exactly. Also, we also see Jason's rigged up like a bunch of floodlights and stuff. He hear, he sees their bag, that's right, and is freaking yeah. out, like, trying to find them, and then gives up and goes in. Because they're like, uh, Clay and Jenner are like, we gotta get out of here immediately. And as soon as they get outside, Clay's like, I need to change my batteries. <laughs> and so they stop. I also want yeah. to bring up, why does this movie have an obsession with Jason's childhood bed? I think just because his name was on it. But I get showing it one time. At the very beginning, when they're looking around, and they go, oh, look, Jason, wasn't that the name from so-and-so's story? We better get out of here. They show it, like, four more times during the movie. It's like, we get it. We see Jason's bed and his teddy bear. He was once a kid. Now he's a grown adult. That's a murder machine. Why do you keep showing his bed? <laughs> yeah, it's not like an iconic Jason thing or anything. That no. is true. That's... they. 
They really are focused on that bed. Like, we get it. His name is Jason. There's been 11 other movies before yours. Some of them are just named Jason. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. What's the killer's <laughs> name again in this movie? I forget. Oh, yeah, the bed. There well, it is. Thank you, Michael Bay. So, Jason doesn't really live in the cabin as much as he lives in the tunnels under the cabin. So, I have a question. Yeah. Did Jason excavate these tunnels? Or... And this cannon is like Crystal Lake built like right by an old mine? What is this? I think that they're... I'm going to say Jason did not make this. He found this, is what I'm going to say. And I'm going to say, yeah, it looks like a mine. At least like the beginning of a mine. Like, it could be like the part that's not too far under. Uh, Obviously, it's just a few feet underground, as we see here in a little bit when they're escaping and whatnot. But... I don't know, is that just, is there just an entrance to the mine that will go, like, I don't know how long a campground is, a hundred No, not typically, and there's not, like, 20 exits that go into a bus, into a cabin. This is so, like, bizarre. Oh, I love the exit into the bus, though, because it just reminds me of the overturned camper in part six. Oh, you know I love that. We just had recently an episode where I talked about that a couple times. On a bonus. But... There's a few cool Easter eggs like that that I'm like, I hope that's what they were going for. I'm sure they were. Like, as much as I get mad at this movie, I also want to give it credit. I'm pretty sure they were. But yeah. Whitney's down there with Jason. He's sharpening his machete, like, on, like, an old, like, stone sharpening thing. And we get a bunch of Pamela flashbacks. And then he starts having a tantrum and throwing stuff and walks up to Whitney all angry, like, but then looks at the locket. And she does the Ginny, Jason! And he snaps his head and looks at her and everything. I love the tiny moments that you get sometimes of Jason. Just, like, I love it. He's just sitting down and he's sharpening his machete. Then he's, like, staring at it super closely and being like, no, there's an imperfection. And then hitting it again. It's like um, Womp Stomp did a music video for, I don't know what the band was, but it was the same, like, Ghost Jason canon. And at yeah. the beginning of the music video is just Jason sitting in his room, almost in, like, idle mode. And then he hears, like, kids show up to the camp. And all of a sudden he, like, turns on and, like, goes after them. And at the end of the music video, he just goes back and sets back down. I am, yeah. I like those tiny little glimpses you get of Jason not just stalking or, like, setting up body things or something. He's like, okay, I'm going to work on my machete for a moment. That's a nice little touch they threw in there. Yeah, I think so, too. Jason leaves, and Whitney finds the broken GPS in the backpack that Jason brought down, uses, like, the electronic parts and, like, the wire and shaves it and uses it to pick her lock and escapes when Jason's gone, which, very clever. Like, I wouldn't think, like, that, to be honest. Like, take the wire out of the the electronic to use and everything. I think that's pretty smart. I would be like, I'm going to look for this through this bag to see if there's any food. There's no food. Okay. I'm just going to sit here and be sad again. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to take this thing apart. Now I have to learn how to pick a lock and I'm going to fuck with this, you know? I mean, what else are you doing? But yeah. Yeah. Back at the lake house. Um, we get the whole fire shot last thing, whatever, which is terribly mean prank, but where they light his shot glass on fire and he burns his lip and he breaks a chair and Trent just yells at him for breaking the chair. Not, you probably have third degree burns, dude. Yeah, and like, uh, Chewie is sitting there like, 
uh, what the, uh, oh man, I'm really sorry. Like I burnt my lip, but I can fix your chair, Trent. And Trent's like, you fucking better. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm so sorry, man. It's like, why are you cowering to this person? Yeah, but because this, he's the money guy. This line next, when uh, Chewie is going down to the shed to get like tools to fix the, I wrote it chair. down. <laughs> yep. It makes me when laugh. he first gets in the shed. No, walking to the shed. Oh, uh, he's. Uh, it makes me laugh every single time. It made. It's like my mother's favorite line in this entire movie because it makes her like. She will sometimes make me rewind the movie to play it again. But it's, um, fuck, I forget exactly what it is, but it's like, oh, my daddy used to bend me over this chair and beat me when I was a little kid, (laughs) (laughs) and now I need you to fix it. But I just love his voice, and I was like, oh, when I was little, my daddy used to beat me. (laughs) (laughs) I like when he gets there to the shed, and he goes, poor people call this a house, Jesus Christ. And he picks up, like, the safety goggles, he's like, you people use none of this shit. Yeah. Back at the house, Trent and what's her name, Bree? Yeah, um, are having sex. So I guess him and Jenna are done already. And then we get the <laughs> the weirdest lines in the world to say during sex. It's just a fucking you ha- your sleazy, tits are stupendous. It's a sleazy, sleazy movie, and it just gets awkward. Yes, I wrote some of these choice lines down. Your tits are stupendous, so juicy. You have perfect nipple placement. All things a human says. I love the nipple placement one has always got me. It's like, you got perfect nipple nipple placement, babe. And she, the entire time, you can tell it's just like, okay, thanks. Like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, later, like, it's it's like, like, we cut away a couple times and go back to them fucking. But he keeps being like, oh, I'm super close, babe. I'm super close. Let's do it at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) uh clay and jenna get back to the house and run in they're freaking out but trent and brie won't open the door and i love that you see jason watching from the window because i'm like oh he's pissed people having sex right in front of him he's really mad now oh you motherfuckers (laughs) oh Um, he's like wagging his finger at him (laughs) (laughs) but he goes to the shed first and what's his name chewy chewy uh, he's in the shed and Jason is behind him. He backs into him. He's like, I love this part because he has a hockey <laughs> stick. And he backs into Jason. He goes, oh, sorry, man. I didn't see you. Oh, did you want this? It completes your outfit. <laughs> Chewie's my favorite. <laughs> and he gets a screwdriver through this throat. And like my favorite kind of like stabbings and stuff are the real slow detail where you can tell they're using practicals or at least really good CGI. And it goes like, through the bottom of his mouth, through the throat thing. V- very cool kill. Yeah, and he's, like, spitting up blood. And you can tell that's real blood he's spitting up, because, like, it's you can see it running down his cheek and stuff. They wouldn't do that with CGI, you know? But yeah. I also love, like, he breaks into the... He's supposed to be down there looking for tools, uh, but he just keeps finding things in this cabin. He finds, like, some bourbon or whiskey or something, and he keeps, like... He drinks, like, several shots of it. It's like, if you fucking take grease off a driveway with this shit. I thought it was this really old, like, fancy wine. I didn't know what he was drinking. It was a, yeah, something like that, like whiskey or bourbon or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whitney makes it to the house, and she's yelling at the the two having sex, and is grabbed by Jason. He's like, oh, Mom, what are you doing? I gotta mention, too, right now, 
everyone is off like okay so trent and brie are all fucking jenna and clay have been gone all day so have brie and wade oh not brie and wade sorry who's the other, other girl and wade yeah. other girl and wade fuck christmas and other girl yeah chelsea maybe i see her down here could i don't know um so he's left alone and he's like, okay, so I guess I just have to jerk off. He doesn't go to the bathroom. He doesn't go to his room. He sits in the main, <laughs> like, living room where anyone can rush in at any time. And he basically, like, he gets his paper, he gets his uh, tissues out. He might as well get lotion and some candles out. Like, he's making a presentation. And he's, like, flipping through the magazine. And he's like, what is this fucking winter catalog? I'm looking for a bikini. And he's like, found, it's like, a semi-attractive woman and like i could she's like completely covered from head to toe he's like i guess that'll have to do and then like he does the thing where like he's about to reach in his pants but he does like a quick look around he sees like a stuffed like and like a taxidermy animal and like turns away from that and he's about to go and then here comes jenna and clay running in (laughs) um after, like, they yell about everything, everyone's in the house except for Trent and the other girl are still having sex. Uh, Lawrence, like, grabs a pot and wears it like Captain America's shield. He's like, <laughs> I'm going out for his friend. And he goes down there. He's looking around. And then, of course, you have the body drop scare, which is essential to any Friday the 13th. Yes. And then Jason attacks him. He puts up, like, a good, like, run from Jason. He's, like, parkouring away and everything. He almost gets away until Jason throws an axe at him and does a, like, spin thing through the air and axes him in the back. And I think this is really smart because he doesn't kill him right away. He's screaming. Everyone's like, we got to go help him. Like, no, they're using him as bait, which he is doing. Yeah. And I love, too, like, the NECA figure for this version of Jason comes with that axe. And whatnot. I love that. And it's um, it's a uh, hatchet, like from the C- hatchet series looking at axe. I'm looking at it right now. With like both sides are like an axe, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was really cool. And Lawrence is out there. Jason realizes they're not coming for him though, so he shoves them onto wood and kills them. Oh, whenever like Chewie goes into the shed and he passes by the bug zapper and he makes a comment about yeah. it. And then Lawrence goes like into the shed and they also make another point to look at the bug zapper. The first time I saw this, I was like, oh, there's going to be a cool bug zapper kill in a second. Never did it. There probably was if they both did that. And they you know cut it. Goes. Yeah. Trent realizes how scary the situation is and gets a gun. <laughs> they have a gun. And Bree goes upstairs too, like in another room. Jason gets through an open window, grabs Bree, and hangs her up on some antlers. You know, the horror movie rule. If there are mounted antlers, someone's getting hung on them. Yeah, think Silent Night, Deadly Night 1. Think uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, the first episode. It's very classic, and every time they do it, I'm always like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) Of course. Uh, The police arrive because someone called the cops. And go ahead. <laughs> Motherfucker. They call the cops screaming that there's been a homicide. Oh my God, help us. There's been murdered bodies. There's a man out there murdering people in the woods. They send one cop car with one cop in it. I'm on your side because they do what we say. They don't like say anything like crazy about it. No. They give the exact like truth. Like there's a man killing people. 
And they sent a cop. Like, yeah, I'll swing by and check out that party. <laughs> That's basically yeah. his attitude. Because he just, like, casually rolls up. He's, like, knocking on the door. He's like, please, farmer. Oh. Gun's not even drawn or anything. No. He just has his flashlight <laughs> up. He's just like, oh. And I love there's the fake out of Clay and Jenner. Like, yay, we're safe. The police are here. And then there's the fire poker through the cop, through his eye, where it catches his eye, and the eye goes through the door and is sticking at the end of the fire poker. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, they're all upstairs panicking and. The breeze, like body slumps, makes a noise, and Trent shoots oh. the gun, and then just is wastes half his shots. There's, there's six shots in this thing. He fires off four of them right here at nothing. He's super jumpy. I love like yeah, her body slumps. He like shoots through the door and shoots her. She's already dead. He like pushes the door open. He sees that she's sitting there dead, and is like, uh oh. He's like, uh, he killed her. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> They all realize there's the cop car out there. They all run out and they're getting in it. And then Jason just throws the body onto the car and scatters everyone. This Jason doesn't fuck around. I love that scene. Trent has the best scream. He's like, ah! <laughs> it's great. And they all split too. Uh, Trent drops his gun but makes it to the road and a truck pulls up. He's safe. Now, I get why he does this because a truck stops. But he's really nervous about it, and I get it, because he doesn't know this is Jason. He's not driving, you know? He's like, that might be the killer. I get it. Exactly. And uh, for the longest time, I always thought that the guy, the old man driving the truck, was Grandpa from the Texas Chainsaw remakes. But it's not. It's just another old man that looks a lot like him. But as soon yeah. as you see uh, Clay and Jenna run one way, and Clint runs, uh, Trent runs the other way, I and the camera follows Trent into the woods, I'm like, oh, thank God. This motherfucker is finally dying. <laughs> yeah, you know what's coming then. I love this. So he finally realizes it's safe. He sees the guy enough. He starts going towards him, but he's macheted and then spiked onto... It's like a hay bale like, pickup truck, like the kind that you put like a round bale on. So he stabs him with the machete, picks his body up, and slams it onto the truck spike thing, and the truck drives away with his like, gurgling body on it. Oh, it is so fucking brutal, but so great for this character, because I hate him so much. So the fact that he's still alive, but he's impaled, you know that truck's bouncing upside down, like, uh, bouncing all around, so he's getting jerked around on that thing, and it's painful as fuck. That's what you get, Trent. Yeah, well-deserved. Yeah, fuck you. Um, Clay and Jenna are back at the Jason house. For reasons? I don't know, because they don't know Whitney's alive yet, do they? No, I don't. This is when they run back to the Jason house, and... Uh, Whitney hears them upstairs and she starts screaming and that's when they find the trap door and everything. So I guess they yeah. just run back there because they're like, oh, there's buildings there. We can hide in them even though we we know that's exactly where he is. Yeah, where he's going back at the end of this. Yeah. But they find her like reunion. They break her chain with a hammer and Jason comes back and... Jenna's like, oh my god, he's here. They start running. Jason goes and sees that Whitney's gone and starts taking off after them. Again, oh. this is running Jason. I love the reveal of Jason comes like around the corner and sees that Whitney's not chained where she usually is. And he like, shlink, like takes his machete oh, out yeah. and starts running. But it's like, boom, boom, boom. 
because he's Jason's huge, of course, again in this movie. And it's like Frankenstein running at you is what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're crawling through this little hole they have to get through to get to the next part. Clay goes through, Whitney goes through, Jenna's coming through, and like I said, there can only be one final girl type character, so she's killed crawling through the hole. And I gotta say, Clay is very much like, I'll go first! It's not like a lot of times where it's like, okay, I'll get my sister through. Okay, I'll get the love interest through. Okay, now I'm going to, to try to help. No, he's like, fuck you two, fuck all you, equal rights for everyone, I'm cutting in front of you! <laughs> I mean, it saved him, yeah. but yeah, now there's only two survivors left. Um, they go up through this hole into the abandoned bus that we talked about earlier. Um, Jason, I guess, knows a shortcut to the bus because he attacks Clay while he's climbing out, and Whitney's hiding in the bus, and he starts coming up through the hole, and Whitney kicks him down the hole. Pretty impressive, Very to be cool. honest, because I don't imagine she has much strength left, but they get away again. They hide in the hillbilly barn from earlier. Here's where it's all coming to a head here. Yeah, this is, and right there at that bus scene, I remember seeing it in theaters, and number one, I was shocked as fuck that Jenna got killed. Because they yeah. we spent so much time with her, I forget the the rules of a slasher movie. There cannot be that many people left alive at the end. But when she gets well, stabbed... Well, set her up to be the survivor, you would think. Oh, 100%. But yeah, that shocked the fuck out of me. And then they get into the bus and Clay's like taken away. So I'm like, oh fuck, we just lost like the two main people we've been watching this entire time. And then like you said, I love Whitney like hiding in the corner and she's like, fuck you. And like kicks Jason down the hole. But then luckily yeah. Clay reemerges. I'm like, okay, thank God. Yeah. They're, where are we at? They're at the barn yes. and Jason breaks through the window. We get a pretty uh, good fight going on. The wood chipper turns on like someone just falls onto the on button, to be honest. I don't think it was on purpose. And I also don't think and wood chippers are that easy to turn on. I don't know, to be honest. I never used one. My dad used to have one, and I'm pretty sure it's more than just hitting one button. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, movie magic. Exactly. Um, Jason's about to kill Clay, but Whitney holds the locket up and says, Jason, to distract him. And then they hang a chain around Jason and oh. the other end is going over a beam and into the wood chipper. What does this remind you of? But Clay takes a fucking bear trap and like ah. fl he like puts it on his shoulder and it clamps down on Jason's shoulder. As and then they wrap it around his neck and throw it over the beam. But yeah. um, very Texas Chainsaw 3D. And also, uh, let me which oh uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven when he gets hung up by the. Uh, a cord that's coming out of the ceiling by fake Carrie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. that as well. But yeah, and that's pulling him in. And then we get our final girl line, which is Jason, <laughs> say hi to mommy in hell. <laughs> and then she stabs him with the machete. And then the wood chipper stops pulling him in, but they just assume this man's dead. But to be honest, I would too. Yeah. Because it's like, at this point, it's chipping away at his head. So I'm like, okay, this is yeah. a live person. If he's good, you know, we're fine. But I do not get this next scene whatsoever. Uh, at the dock? Yeah, because all that they know is that... And I get why they're doing it. Before people yell and blah, blah, it's a Friday the 13th movie. I know their thing is like, we gotta put Jason in the lake. But no, you don't, because he doesn't get put in the lake in every single one. That started at like part six. Yeah. But these two people just know that this man has 
been running around murdering all their friends and trying to murder them. They stopped him. Now call the police and let them take care of it. Why are you dumping the body into the lake where the police are going to be like, okay, why did you do that? We have to now go down there and get him? We cannot just leave a rotting body at the bottom of this lake. People live on this lake. They spend a lot of money on cabins. He's a serial killer. We yeah. need that body for, like, to make sure we can time all these crimes, but whatever. I'd say like, Jeffrey Dahmer's last victim overpowered him and killed him, but then just put him in the barrel with the rest of his other bodies. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, they push him into the lake uh, and throw the locket and the mask in there, and he goes down. They're sitting there, and... Of course, out of the water, which I do appreciate, pops Jason, grabs them, there's a scream, and then credits. Yeah, I enjoy the jump scare at the end that is very Friday the 13th. It had almost been like uh, Ash not saying groovy at the very end of Ash vs. Evil Dead, the very first episode. It's the cherry on top. And that's Friday the 13th, 2009. Yeah, I mean, it's the last Friday the th- official Friday the 13th movie we've gotten in 13 years. Not the worst, not the best, but, you know, it's one that I yeah, revisit. Exactly. And I'm never sad to revisit it. It's not more like, oh god, we gotta get through this one. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's not like a, a slog to get through. I'll complain about stuff during it, but I'm not in a bad mood or anything. No, it's a pretty, like, if you wanted to show someone... Friday the 13th that's never seen it and they're like win me over with like one movie that's gonna like basically encapsulate everything this would probably be a pretty okay to one to show them oh you said part six wrong yeah but that's true that's the one i would want to but it's a great encapsulation of the entire series into one hour and 40 minute thing that's fair all right you want to get to count of the dead let's let's get into the count of the dead ah 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 Alright, if it's your first episode joining us, The Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie, and we add it to our grand total of all the movies we've done. Last episode we did, Friday the 13th, 1980, which left us with a count of the dead of 1,028. Where do you think Friday the 13th, 2009 brought us? I'm gonna say there were 14. And I would say you are correct. Yes! (laughs) Which brings us to a count of the dead of 1,042. Very nice. Well, every week Greg does his count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my ratings from Dimension Z. (laughs) Basically, my rating system is I go 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I pick something from the movie to rate the movie. And I don't come up with anything until right now. And let me think what would be good for this one. Um, There's not really any food that I can go off of because that's usually my go-to. Oh, no, that there is. At the very beginning, um, they're grabbing snacks at the convenience store. So it's going to be convenience store snacks. Okay, this is something we have a lot of experience with. Yes. So I, number one convenience store snack, the worst kind. It's like uh, sushi. Like, you don't buy sushi from a gas station. Or, like, most of the time an egg sandwich is not going to be a good idea. Or sometimes they just have, like, hard-boiled eggs. Just in a pack. Like, I could get eating those at home, but I'm not really going to trust them, I don't think, from a gas station. That's true. I never have. Sometimes they look tempting. 
Yeah, oh yeah, they look tempting, but think about it. You're getting back into a car for a long road trip after you just ate eggs. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, a number 10 version of a convenience store snack, like the best kind. I'm thinking Funyuns. I'm thinking you get some Frito chili cheese uh, chips. You might get one of those pickled sausages, which I know it's like I was just putting down the hard-boiled eggs from a gas station. Now I'm saying get a pickled sausage. I love them. Those are good, though. I like them. Like the Big Mama hot sausages. Yeah. yeah. They're not too hot either. That's perfect. Yes. Um, I'm going to give Friday the 13th, 2009, six convenience store snacks out of ten. You got like a knockoff bag of chips that left a little bit of a weird aftertaste in your mouth, but overall it was pretty good. What was the number? Six. Six? Oh, perfect. Six. We were off Great. by one last week. We were, we line. Oh, well, last episode we line up this one. I also went six gas station snacks out of ten. Just, I think the fact that I love this entire franchise so much, this one just feels like almost generic Friday the 13th in a way. Yeah, that's been my, I guess what I've been trying to say this whole episode. I agree with that. Yeah, it's like you get a little bit of everything that's good of out of all these other movies. You also get a little Alice making coffee thrown in there as well. Not as bad, though. Not as bad, but cringier. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, there's also, like, we forgot, like, there's the great scene of, like, the shoot the boot, shoot the boot, where they're play, playing the drinking game and he won't drink the beer out of uh, Chewie's shoe. The tennis shoe? He's like, yeah. man, you're not wearing shoe. You're not wearing socks. I'm not drinking out of your shoe. And then Chewie does it because he's a fucking champ. Um, there's a couple other, just, I remember that one just off the top of my head. It always makes me laugh. The shoot the boot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely, I'll revisit this again. I revisit almost all these movies quite a bit. So, I don't know. I probably got my watch in for this year unless I do a full watch through. See, so, yeah, this summer I'm going to do my full watch through from one to through this one and then throw in some of the uh, Womp Stomp stuff in there as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's about the one time that I'll watch it every year. But I'm never really that disappointed afterwards. I'm always like, oh yeah, that was a pretty good time. It was fun doing the original and this one back to back. Because most like remakes, I wouldn't do that with. Because it's going to be so much of the same story. This one was so different enough that it didn't feel weird doing that. Yeah, and it's definitely not the worst of those slasher remakes. That would go to Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> oh, you're probably right there. And uh, every Nightmare fan would agree with you probably. Too. Yeah, where that's the one that's on cable. <laughs> yeah that one's awful oh no it came to theaters but yeah that was oh awful. yeah well that's also like when amc will do their like 13 nights of like halloween horror movies and it'll be like oh and tonight we're doing nightmare on elm street and you're going to look at the guide and it's like oh yeah they're showing the remake one but they're not telling you that they're like it's nightmare on elm street <laughs> they know what's up yeah all right, well, I hope everyone had an enjoyable Friday the 13th if you're listening on release day. Oh, yeah, I loved doing these movies. I love any time we get to cover a Friday the 13th movie. So I cannot wait until the next one. Oh, I forgot to tell them about next week. Oh, yeah, what's next week, Greg? <laughs> next week is Vampire's Kiss. Uh, I'm a vampire! Ava! <laughs> yeah, that'll be next week. 
I'd, you're the lowest person on the totem pole. Even if there was one per, if there was a person with one more day than you, I wouldn't ask you them to do this job because this job sucks that bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, go ahead. I guess watch Vampire's Kiss in preparation for next week, and we'll see you then. Yeah, and also like I got Vampire's Kiss at Dollar Tree for a dollar twenty-five. So if you have a Dollar Same. Tree, you can probably go get this movie for a dollar, and it's worth every penny. <laughs> oh, it's definitely worth the price, yes. But yeah, uh, we hope that Friday the 13th, 2009 have left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes their show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul!